Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here from View from the Cheap Seats podcast. And this week we have one of the best sports writers in the game. And he's got a great podcast as well. Jonah Carey joins us on the podcast. Did you have fun on View from the Cheap Seats, Jonah? I had the most fun and my commute was about 14 steps down to my living room. We did it in your living room. We're in Denver. It's a little road. uh, I'm going to call it a road victory for us all. We all There's no one I want to talk to more than who right now during these baseball playoffs than than Jonah Jonah Carey. Carey. So join us on this episode because we take the deepest dive. Let me just say there is a three a <laughs> Mordecai three, three finger, finger brown reference. There you go. That's and by there. the way, Gar Ryness is not here. I'm kissing him. I'm, I'm giving love. a shout out now. I feel like he always needs to be at least in spirit. When we love talk. to the batting stance yes. guy. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost 1 million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks. Plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. How are you? If you're a first-time listener to Conversations with Matt Dwyer, uh, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. If you've been listening, uh, which is almost three years now, uh, I appreciate you, and thank you. Uh, Y'all could do me a favor and write a review on iTunes. That helps me out. Why don't you do that? Write me a review there on the iTunes and make it good. I deserve a good review after three years, don't you think? Um, as if I was saying, if you haven't listened to the show, uh, it is just a conversation with, uh, it's a loose, free-formed conversation today. I speak with uh, Charles DeCastro, who is a musician with a uh, jazz band that plays like old-timey stomp jazz and New Orleans style, and they was uh, with he's with the band California Feet Warmers, and he used to play with the Blasting Company. How I met them, they used to play at a, a tavern. I used to uh, sling the drinks at, and uh, they also uh, California Feet Warmers have been nominated for a Grammy, and we talk about that and a bunch of other things. It's a very interesting conversation. Before we get into it, I just want a little something that's getting under my skin lately, if I can share it with you. Uh. And you know what I think, too, is I think now uh, maybe that I'm going to be a dad and I have a, a thing coming into this world that's going to be around hopefully for a while. You know, uh, the the world, uh, certain things about the world uh, concern me a little bit more than they used to. But, it, you know, we're having a drought here in California and, um, and it, you can't really pretty much turn anywhere and not see a piece of uh, news about it or NPR. NPR is all over it and I'm irked. I'm fucking irked because they, and it's like, sure, yes, people should conserve water. A given. We all know this. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, but they talk about like, oh, the farmers take this much and they, you know, they kind of like tell us to be cool with their flushing the toilets and stuff. Nobody, 
nobody mentions the fact that there is fracking going around around outside Los Angeles that uses 82 billion gallons of water a year, which is enough to supply San Diego or San Francisco with water for the entire year. Not one person on these shows, I've seen it in the Washington Post, and that is it. And it's just really, really confusing to me. It's like, don't tell me I need to be careful about my pee-pee in the toilet, but not mention this at all. And, you know, the other problems with fracking that, you know, you're plowing into the earth over the San Andreas Fault. Maybe maybe we need to research that a little. Um, I don't know. Just and you know, and we have the the Richie folks and their tennis or not their their golf clubs, golf cl- club things, country clubs there, and the cemeteries. They water in those willy nilly. So the rich people, it's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, you can go play your golf, but working class people, you be careful how long you shower. Yeah, isn't it interesting? That bird noise falls on the working class. Yeah, it just it. Uh, I don't know. And you know, this uh, week I saw or I heard and looked at my my future baby on a sonogram and 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 heard the heartbeat. Fidgety kid, fidgety, moving around a lot. Twelve weeks already can't sit still. And what is he? What is he doing? Drinking espressos in there? <laughs> I don't know why I'm slowly turning into, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, hey, if you do like this show, you know, you can donate some dough or you could, uh, it helps us keep it going and, you know, maybe feed my kid. You help me feed my kid. Um, but also, uh, you know, you could use the Amazon link on the conversations with Matt Dwyer page at Feral Audio. You use that link anytime you buy stuff, we get a kickback. It helps us out. Uh, we buy equipment, take care of our studio. Because, you know, if you haven't noticed, there's no commercials on this thing. And also, and can I just ask you, uh, people who've been listening, you can go to my website, themattdwyer.com. Email me, please. Let me know what you think of the show. Tell me, you know, I want to hear from the people who listen to my show. Uh, it would greatly uh, help me. And sometimes, you know what, folks here, you you, you do this uh, podcasting stuff, you record some of this stuff in your kitchen, and you feel lonely. I feel lonely. All right, I don't. I, I don't know you people who listen to this. I would like to know you a little bit better. Let's be friends. What do you say? All right. Uh, this is a great conversation that we're you're about to listen to. If you pay attention, you can hear my dog Charlie whining like a baby. Uh, Charles DeCastro of the California Feet Warmers. Comedians are uh, incredibly insecure. Are musicians that insecure? Like, I feel like... No. I mean... You kind of have a cool thing on your side. It's cool because, you know, it's... Well, I guess it depends what kind of music you play, but, like, I know for me, I don't... Well, I'm so used to playing background music. I'm just happy with the music that I play. You know, if I wasn't playing... If I wasn't playing music that I didn't like and... I guess playing original music also maybe makes you feel more insecure because you feel like you some you're like not sure if people like it. 
But if it's something that like is an old tune or something like that that you know is good and that other people don't like, you're like, well, that's okay because it's still a good song. But if it's your own song and you're like, oh, I don't know if people like this, and then in your background music, people might like it. It just might not be the right place to be, which is all the places we play. You know, is it you guys feel like background music? Because I just we do a lot of a lot of that, a lot of background music, a lot of wallpaper gigs, and I mean that's I mean that's the kind of because we play functional music, you know, so it's like it's nice to have at places. Yeah, see, I that kind of music though. I hear it and I'm like, I gotta listen. But I guess I'm me a... too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me too. It's weird that like jazz is it's bothersome to me that it's become like a background music. And it's even funnier because we don't the kind of jazz that we play is like pretty loud and like stomp. And we play the we play the jazz from the time when I guess there was more. Uh, you know, when they had all the prostitutes and things like that. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a, that's a bad example. I'm not saying, can we start over? Actually, you know, <laughs> No, but you know what I mean. Like, jazz after 1950 became more about listening because it became more complex. And the war, the World War II, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't money after that. You know, the, the, the dance bands died because... There wasn't enough people going out to see dance bands, and they had to, you know, strip them down to like little co- little jazz combos, and that's kind of how the whole like nighttime jazz started. And people became more intellectuals and stuff like that. And Do, are you attracted to that kind of jazz at all? You know, I mean, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> what attracts you to the the? What do you call the kind of jazz you play? Because I think a lot of people. I just call it jazz, man. I just yeah. call it classic. I don't know. I I, I guess dance. Music, I you know, it's uh, we don't play swing either, you know, because it's like we we play the er, er, early jazz from I guess early recorded music, and I mean we, we I like a lot of that early stuff because it was like a lot of it blurred the lines between uh, like you know like if it was country or if it was blues or if it was jazz. I mean, obviously there's jazz records that are clearly jazz, but they also have some more. Um, like they have other kind of it's 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 not so I don't know, I don't I, know influences. It. Yeah, I guess so. I'm I'm thinking of um. It's uh yeah I don't I like Western swing music for example. You know I mean it's it's jazz but it's played by I guess white people <laughs> from uh, <laughs> from 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 Texas with cowboy hats and they play string instruments and. It's they play jazz tunes, but it's also you know like Milton Brown. They play border music. I mean, they play they play tunes from from Mexico. They play songs from New Orleans. They play country so- songs. You know, they play a lot of that. And I really like that that style too. I mean, what we play is like we're a brass band, so I mean, we play we play whatever whatever makes us i guess happy i don't know I but guess. it's interesting cuz i mean i listen to that music and a couple people i know but it's like how does a group of dudes like yourselves find find one another cuz it's not yeah i mean it's not as or is it more prevalent than i'm aware of no i don't think so i mean it was one of those things where it was like we just play i i i know i just play the i i like a lot of kinds of music you know but 
definitely like when I found those when we found each other, we didn't start playing that music. Well, we I guess we kind of did. We were kind of playing that music too. Um, but I don't know. I guess when you get together with people who play music, you just kind of find what you if if what you like. I'm not the kind of musician where it's like I only like music from the 1920s and <laughs> music stops after that. Like, uh, I'm not really like that. Although I do really like music from that period, and I'm and I feel it more than other kinds of music because it has blue the blues and it has the bebop and stuff like that. It's for me. It's I, I can't just. It's it's harder to play the blues in early jazz, ragtime, and uh, New Orleans jazz, and early New York jazz, and you know, jazz from the twenties and ter- last turn of the century is is easier to play blues in, which to me is the Dem- it's how I hear all music, even when we play like Eastern European music and stuff like that, and like Jewish music, like it's they just bend the notes in different places, you know, or they have little ornaments that are different, but it still has that like folkloric kind of sensibility and it's and it's it's simple to play i mean it's simple to um i guess the music is is simple but it's 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 complex it's hard to play right to have the flavor you know and i like that you know i like flavor it's more of like (laughs) (laughs) it's more of like instinctual than it is technical no yeah 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 you don't have to be um like a virtuoso i mean it's it's better if you're not actually you just a little bit more if you hear the music it's more bebop takes a long time to um to play and to you know and and i mean i really tried to play that music a lot because you know when i was a kid and i I really liked uh dixie and like new orleans jazz and stuff and like then i met a bunch of kids that like wanted to that were like into playing this other kind of jazz i had really had i was like oh this is cool and they're like yeah this is how you do it and i was like okay so for me already i was like not looking to i just wanted to play music with people i was like well we can make make something cool out of this <laughs> how you old know? were you when you first started like uh, being attracted to that kind of jazz well i mean i grew up with a lot of that music so it was uh I guess it was always around me, you know. You come from a music family? No, nah, not really. I mean, well, my dad, my dad was uh is uh, in, uh, he he worked he just had a regular job and he worked in a, this place this fa- the fa- leather factory and uh he uh but he but he took me to see a lot of opera and stuff like that and he's a pretty good opera singer himself. Really? But, yeah. That's pretty cool. So I grew up with a lot of like that music. And you know he's also like you know I don't know Rolling Stones you know he liked them too. <laughs> he's from Lincoln Heights and they had a whole, they all, all like the Rolling Stones out there I guess in the sixties or whatever. What was it? Was, is it like because I mean was there a lot of kids in high school? Nobody in my high school was attracted to jazz like there was I was. A few. Yeah, there was a few and like they but it, it wasn't the same but it was yeah th- there was there was a few there was a few but I mean I don't know if we. Um, we didn't really hang out. I, I I was still pretty much just uh, just into my own music. There wasn't a, any any of my friends that I liked hanging out with and getting into trouble with. They all liked rap music, and that was fine. You know, it was like okay, you guys, <laughs> and, I was like, and that was it. I just was like okay, I'm like now I'm around people who like rap music, and I didn't like I didn't I was just. 
didn't really care about it. And they're, you know, they'd always ask me, what, that, what kind of that shit you listen to? And I was like, just don't worry about it, man. <laughs> you know, like, I'm was not. It, but like early, a lot of that early hip hop stuff totally referenced and sampled a lot of jazz. So you think yeah. they would have been? No? no, they liked gangster rap. Oh, that yeah. was a bit past that. Yeah. They were, uh, you know, West Coast, man. Was... I don't know. I You're from the East Coast. I'm from the Midwest. But they had more, uh, but you got more hip hop from uh, New York. From New York. I, I don't know. Like hip hop kind of missed me until later on. Yeah. And I got into jazz and like I always liked Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong. Like that yeah. was, and I got into punk, I think more. Yeah. I, I, I think I did too early on. Or I thought I, I thought I did. I don't know. <laughs> I bought, I bought. <laughs> Well, there's a certain sort of you feel like you have to get into some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt that, you know, and then like, I, you know, some people try to get me into. I, we had a when I was ten, we had a little ska band. Oh, did you play? I guess yeah. You and uh, we had two songs, but one of but I don't think we really just had one song, and it was the the Hawaiian song, and we played it. That was all. That was really the only song we played. <laughs> but we wrote it. We did it, and we got. We had like some other ones. And then uh, they all eventually kicked me out of all their bands because they wanted to be punk bands later. And I was like, well, yeah. I didn't really care, you know, honestly. What attracted you to the trumpet? Well, I was playing violin for it. When I was a kid, I saw Itzhak Perlman on Sesame Street, and I wanted to play violin. And then I, uh, and I played violin for a few years, and then I saw the high school band, and I and they they played um, that that tune sing 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 with a big drum solo. That was like one of the first tunes that hit me too. Yeah, and I was like, wow, they have drums uh, drums for kids. Drums are they're they're great for everybody, obviously forever. But um, but that was like really impressive. I was like, that's fun. And like the the string the school string band played, and I was like, damn, that's that's uh, that look that doesn't look fun. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so I was just I was like, okay, well I'll. Uh, so I signed up for the for the middle school band, and it was middle school, it wasn't high school, it was middle school, and um, and I got into and then there was a time where they ask you to pick your instrument, and I I um I saw you know I wanted to pick the drums, but I also knew that like my parents like probably wouldn't let me have a drum set in the house. And also, I just, I don't know, like, I guess from violin, I just wanted to play melodies, you know? I was a melody man. So you had your choices, and I didn't want to play saxophone because I was like, that instrument is just, I don't want to play that instrument, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, I, yeah, I picked trumpet. And I, I and I already really, I mean, I, I loved, uh, like, Louis Armstrong a lot. And when I was a kid... You know, as cheesy as it sounds, like I, I, my parents took me to when they took me to Disneyland. They have those, those Dixieland groups. I mean, for kids like that, music is so it just, I just loved it. You know, this just made me feel so happy. You know, and I, I couldn't take my eyes off those guys, and I, I knew it was Disneyland. Some somewhere in my mind, I was like, I know this is kind of fake, but the music is cool. You know, for me, it was. I really, I, I knew the distinction somehow. My mom, you know, my, my mom also, like, I grew up around a lot of that. Because she was into the music of her parents, too. Like, swing and stuff like that. And uh, so, I I grew up around, and my parents took me to see, they took me to see Tex Beneke when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. 
Was I don't he... know. I just like old people too, you know? I don't like oh, young people make me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I was always like that. I was like, I just feel so safe around old folks. I'm just like, you already and like the young people, I'm just like, yeah, I was like, I don't know, like and I was always the one to, I got into a lot of trouble as a kid and stuff like that. And I was always being, I was kind of a, I wasn't a bad kid. I, was, I wasn't disrespectful, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't, I wasn't a great, I wasn't a great role model. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but it was like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just feels good. I don't know. It just feels lived in, you know? What? And like the punk rock music and stuff like that. I was like, I don't really, I didn't really, I, I, I wanted to like it because, you know, and I learned to like it. I learned, I guess I just learned to appreciate a lot of different kinds of music. I learned to listen. I pra I practiced listening a lot, you know? And people, I had a girlfriend one time who was just like, you like everything. And like, that's so stupid. And I was like, I don't like everything. I just don't, I just like things that are, that are, that. I don't know, you know, like, but now I definitely don't like and everything. I'm way, I'm way more like, uh, but yeah, I remember like I used to, I don't know. I just like music. It just always fascinated me. Like no matter who was playing it, like whenever I saw somebody as a kid playing music, I was like, man, like it's like magic. Like how the, how are you doing that? You know? Yeah. Well, I can we cuss on your program? You could say, yeah. Good. <laughs> Uh, I think that's interesting about the old people thing because I, as a kid, like I just always, like I was attracted to diners. I was attracted mm. to like weird CD bars, like, and that's like, that's a weird thing. I wanted to be older. That's all. And Me it, too. And I, I felt more to like be older. And I was like, when I can get to these places, I'm going to be really happy. Yeah. And I don't know the bars, maybe not so. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like you walk into a great old place, and I'm like, it feels comforting it to feels me. Feels like there's community. You know, like, and like, that's what I love about playing the music that we played, playing when we play in the street is when I started playing this music, cause I used to play in kind of like rock bands or like stuff, you know, people that I liked and then, you know, just kind of do all this stuff. And I never really played my own music. I just played, you know, I was like the guy who could play, I could play some keyboard, I could play some trumpet, I could play, I'll do whatever you want for the song. You know what I mean? Kind of guy. And then uh, that was my early 20s, and I was still playing. I was playing really crazy experimental noise, punk music. And then... Was it any good? What's that? Like, well, like experimental noise stuff. Like, I'm like, am I... I've seen it live, like, yeah. just... And I'm like, I, uh, I don't more know. More fun to play than it is to listen to. <laughs> it's more fun to play than it is to listen to. That's for sure. I mean, if you... There's people who do it really good and who know how to... It's, you know... <clears throat> Who don't play the songs too long and they're like concise and they have good ideas and then there's people that just like experiment and stuff and you know we were somewhere in the middle i think like when i was playing that music it was you know there's guys that i played with that were really good at it way better than me you know and i mean like i i knew i i i liked it you know like i like sun ra and albert eiler and uh kind of like that kind of you know later mangus and stuff like that and Combining it with like you know everybody's influences of like they were they were like punk more like liked a lot of punk music and stuff, and um, but yeah once I just started playing the music that I that that I also really want that I, I really love, I I like I, I th once I started playing that music the you know early jazz and stuff like that. And just even f and folk music and stuff like that, stuff without authors, m melodies that don't have authors and stuff, and finding 
tunes that aren't finding people people who collect records and and then hearing stuff that isn't on CDs or isn't available and like or just doing it like that it just everything just opened up for me and I and I let go of all what all I thought was I stopped trying to please everybody and I just and then when I, and then when I did that and I found the right guys to play with when we would play out on the street or play in markets and stuff like that there would be kids you know um, some teenagers because their moms probably made them stay there, but like, you know, people our age and older people, everybody was there. And like, it was like, you're talking about with like the bars and stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's just every, everybody's there. And it's just like this, it feels nice. You know, it feels right. It doesn't feel like you're just, cause you know, the bars you're talking about, I think, you know, they have old people, you have young people, you have, you know, yeah. young people that are loud in the bars and everybody there. And it's like you there and you talk about life, you know, you're there at the bar, you're not working. You're having a, a drink, and you don't. Nobody cares who you are. You know, they're just talking about you're just shooting the shit. You know. Yeah, the a tavern. I mean, the neighborhood tavern, which is kind of sadly a dying thing. I mean, it was more about community, and then it was like, let's go get fucked up. Yeah. And that. That's the bonus. If you get. <laughs> <laughs> and you say like if you, you get fucked up. That means that was you had good. You had a good night. When and you stop when you stop drinking, then it's like, well, you don't. You're like, I don't even want to drink with you anymore. I'm gonna go home. It's interesting because you bring up community. Because I'm like, I feel like, and I, this is something I bring up a lot on here. But like, I feel like people are desperately seeking community more so than they used to be because it doesn't. There's no the neighborhoods are different. There's not like a Lions Club. There's not a the local tavern's gone. There's not bowling night. Like there's not bowling leagues and all that shit. And I think people. <laughs> I mean, do you feel like there's a community that music creates as much of a community as it used to, or do you think that's changed? I don't know. I, I know that when ever since I was a young kid, I always wanted to be in a community. I always felt that missing in my life, and uh, I looked for it, and, you know, I, I think people definitely do want that more these days. And um, music uh, can have that, but I just think it depends on what kind. Of, I didn't find it in pop music or in any or in any modern forms of music. I didn't find any community there. I just found people who wanted to be cool or just people who just didn't know what they were doing. Pretty much, in you know, like that's how I felt. And if you know, and if you knew about something, it was like. Even worse if you didn't know about it, you know. It was like I don't know. It was just uh, it was just too it just too fake, too phony for me. And when I started playing folk music, and getting into and just doing what what I really what I really like, then I found more community. But maybe that's just my own. I would maybe I was probably just in the wrong place or something. But like at our at the feet warmers, like there's a lot of the dan dance community. Which uh, I'm not. I, I dance. You know, I have my own style, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. Uh, but there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of community there, and people come out all the time, and 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 that's pretty cool, you know. And uh, yeah, and there's there's communities of people that we play for. I wouldn't say that I'm I. I feel a part of them because uh, because they're my friends and because I see them at and stuff like that, but. You're you're always gotta find everybody's got their little tribes and shit. My sister's calling me. 
But when you go to, like, do you feel a sense of, you play the same style of music here, and then you guys go to, where the fuck did you went to? Uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah. And did you feel a different response or different, does that make sense? Like, does it seem more of like a community, or is it, I feel like, I don't know. You know. If that made sense. <clears throat> I know what you mean. Um, and uh, there's uh, the in 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 America. There's a lot of different in the United States. There's a lot of different communities, sub communities, and I don't think that there's a there's one community here, and especially in California. There are many communities, and there's many little things, but there's not one sort of thing. And I think in those countries, you know, they're, they're, they, they also have their own stuff, I guess, but they feel, it feels maybe because it's older or something like that, or it just feels like they have more of one. You know, like, I don't know how to explain this, like, like my girlfriend, she's Colombian, and in Colombia, everybody's Colombian. You know, even if you're, and there's, you know, there's black people, there's more indigenous people, there's more like European people, you looking people, but everybody's Colombian. Here, everybody's like, you ask somebody like, well, what are like, like, oh, like, where are you from? You know, and it's like, well, my parents are from here, and their grandparents are from here, and this, and this. Like, nobody wants to be American. Nobody wants to say, well, I'm from, you know, some, some. I mean, obviously, there are people who, who are. They usually have a rebel flag on the back of their. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like for me, for example, like I when I when we travel and stuff, and people ask me, and in Europe and stuff, when we were there, people were always asking me, oh, "Where are you from?" And I say, "Well, I'm from California," and they're like, oh, "From United States?" Yeah, and they're like, "But where are you from?" Because I don't look like I'm not like a tall blonde. I don't know what they look. I don't know what Americans look like. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand that. They and, look like, and I was like, and I was like, well, that's where I'm from. They're like, no, but where are your parents from? Like, because you don't look like an American guy. And I was like, but what does that even? What does that even mean? Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a, and here I know like a lot of, because I don't know. I was talking about this with somebody the other night. Like, it's it's boring. They're they're like, well, it's just. She's an Armenian lady, and she was like, it's just boring to say that you're just American. And I was just like, yeah, I guess. You're right about that. I mean, you know, so I guess here there's still a lot of communities that people are holding on to, too. They don't want to lose their culture and just and and because it's important, you know, it, it gives it gives it gives color and flavor to the whole to the world. You know, it's more it makes life more more interesting. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're not really. You're, 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 you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. still kind of like, it's disconnected, you know? So I think we're, I think here in, in Los Angeles and in, and in the world, like everybody's still kind of finding their, finding their place and, and where they are in the world. So community is, there's not a, for, for music, I think there's nowadays with YouTube and with everything like that, which is the greatest thing ever. I mean, it's just like, you can go travel the world, like just by, listening going through music and just finding all kinds of stuff but there's not like a band that like unites the generation yeah it's really it, i feel like in this i you know i feel like nirvana was like kind of the last band that was like super big and everybody jumped on board and became part of this like subculture mm -hmm. ever since then it feel like it just like and even that got dispersed quickly because everyone you know to 
because of you know then it's like everybody on TV's been commercials is looking like grunjo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like there's it's so and also though but there is more variety to choose from which I think is good. Yeah. It's good. Variety is good. <laughs> no, you grew up native LA or are you from California? Yeah, I mean not not I wasn't I didn't grow up in the in the city. I grew up in the valley outside of the city in the in the, the valleys. Cuz I think people have a dis unless you live in Los Angeles for an extended period of time, people don't fucking understand the city at all. Yeah. Which is but it seems like more people are moving here, which terrifies me. Yeah, into the city. I mean, well, where my folks live, like, you can't be a musician out there. There's no way, you know. And to drive, you know, 40 minutes uh, from there to here is like, forget it. I mean, we used to do it in high school to go play at the Whiskey and the Roxy. And you played at the Whiskey in high school? Yeah. In your ska band? No, it was another band. It really wasn't an... Um, we didn't really have a style. We just were like a every, you know, eclectic. We we wanted to be every style in the world, so we were no style at all. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, it was, a record it was, label wouldn't be too keen on it, but I think no, we didn't get signed or anything. <laughs> <laughs> How did the fuck did you end up at the whiskey? Because that's like iconic. Yeah, I mean those those places are pay to play. Oh. It's, it's it's not it's not hard to play those. I mean. We would sell uh, tickets to our high school um, chums, and uh, <laughs> they. Would, I didn't even know you could get in there. At the, I thought you'd. Yeah, have they to... have they have uh, all age shows for sure. They yeah. So we used to play there once a month, and all these other little places, and like the high the bands at the high school would go down there and, and play, and uh, we you know we drink illegally and smoke dope. <laughs> And uh, it was fun, you know, and and actually we got to, you know, and a lot of, you know, we got, they made a lot of money off of us, you know, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's. But it was fun. It was, it was a good learning experience. And for high school kids, it's, it's, it's cool to do. Did you think about Jim Morrison the whole time? I thought about him a few times. Yeah. First time I was in there smoking a doobie. <laughs> I mean, when you're in those, uh, even when you're on those, because I performed at the Troubadour once, and I was like, it's hard not to think of what went on that stage before you, because yeah. that's Troubadour is the first place Lenny Bruce got arrested for obscenity. Ah, so that to me is that's my one of my early heroes. But now, that's would, cool. You can get arrested for obscenity. You could in 1960. Oh, yeah, it was a. It's a whole long story. Just see the movie with Dustin Hoffman. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's actually not the most accurate film, but it, uh, it, it, became, it he was getting arrested about speaking against religion and other things more than he was obscenity. It was oh. about, he pissed off a lot of politicians and That's stuff. That's cool. So he became a, and then he was a junkie, so it didn't, he kind of no. burnt down. Now, what do you think, why is, at least to me, why do you think like a dude like Louis Armstrong is still so, like the... Only like he's the top dude. After I mean, there's it's Miles. Just pure, it's just pure music. It, he's just, it's just pure. Miles was Miles is is uh, it's it's just it, it's more uh, it's like cool cool guy music. Miles. Yeah, and it's like you know, and it's also 
there's a lot of heroin being used <laughs> in that in that music, and uh, and and some of it's you know it's pretty beautiful, but I mean Louis Louis Armstrong is just it's it's just it, it, it he that guy would have played anything and it would have just been pure you know and Miles was angry and uh, and pissed off and hated everybody and you know it was, and and Louis Armstrong was you know he didn't. It didn't have that, you know, it didn't have that, that his music doesn't have that feeling. And it's early jazz. It's just, it's different. It, Miles is really intellectual and ex- and sometimes like really experimental and it's kind of like elitist music, you know, and Louis Armstrong is not elitist at all. And he's, you know, like who he was, I think because he was like a, like a, a country boy, like simple, I don't know if he was... Well, he was from New Orleans, and he grew up real poor, and he wasn't like, uh, like they say in his fir- in the first groups with, um, with, um, uh, shit, I know, I can't think of his name. With uh, King Oliver, yeah, you know, like he was calling King Oliver, you know, like Mister, and like for- forever, you know, and everybody was kind of like, ah, this guy, this like country boy, like what are we gonna do with this guy? You know, when he went up to New York, and they were just, you know, because he was just like. More simple, and and Miles Davis was like son of a doctor, and was pissed off, and and you know, and that's cool too, you know. <laughs> but I just think that Louis Armstrong, you know, is just you just pure, you know, just pure, just a pure soul, you know. Is that what you strive to play, Lane? I mean, what? Because I mean, doesn't everybody creatively has like a this is what I want to fucking reach? Yeah, I don't, I don't think about that anymore. I just play. That's know. how you get there, son. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, I, I don't want to... I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, like, you know, really, in the end. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter, dude. <laughs> but that's actually the 100% truth. Like, it's the more, less I find I give just, a shit, the better just, off I am about these things. Just have fun and just, you know, and just... Live your life and just stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> you know, just have fun. But now, would you have ever expected, like, you're playing this kind of jazz and to have been nominated for a Grammy? I mean, that you, that, that that was a fluke. I mean, it's I'm sh- still I, fucking. Ha- that's not a total fluke. I mean, it still happened. It happened, and that, I mean, it was, it was, it was weird. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I I'm don't I don't smoke the the reefer much anymore. <laughs> but I I don't I don't because I just I get tired. You know when I was when I was a teenager I was just lighting up all the time. But now I no I don't want I don't I don't like to. But at the at the Grammys, um, I I ate some uh some some cookies some weed cookies and that was the only way I could have gotten through the Grammys. Cause it was because it's just so fucking overwhelming. It was just so bad. <laughs> How was? But it? I shouldn't really be saying this at all because we will. I would like to get nominated again, maybe win. I'm pretty sure the Grammy people are unaware that I exist. Fuck. <laughs> maybe I've had a couple other Grammy noms on my show. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a huge honor, obviously, and nobody knew who we were. You know, and uh, I felt really out of place. Um, 
but the but Kevmo, the guy who we went with, the guy because we recorded a song. He saw us playing at a party, and he was like, "Man, I really like the way you guys play." And I was like, "Wow, cool! This guy seems pretty cool." He's like, "Yeah, I play blues music," and I was like, "Okay." And then he was like, "My name is Kevmo." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I, I think I know who you are," you know. And, and but either way, you know, we did that tune together. This tune he wrote, and he was like. I just want you guys to put some New Orleans style, like kind of second line mu- stuff on it, and uh, and we just did it. You know, I don't even know how to do that. I just just played the blues over it and jazz, <laughs> you know, and and, and you know it, it had that rhythm to it. So that kind of like that kind of like rhythm parade rhythm, and uh, and we did it, and we just it was just another thing. He was like, yeah, just we just did it and done, you know. And uh, the song came out, and I was like, yeah, it's nice. I like that tune. It's a cute tune. And then he called us up, and he was like, we got nominated for a Grammy. And I was like, what? I <laughs> know. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we got nominated for a Grammy. And I was like, and he t- but it, he's a really cool guy. He brought us all in, and he was like, guys, he, when we got there, he's like, got us all in a circle. And he's like, okay, he's real tall. I'm real short. <laughs> And he got us all in a circle, and he's like, "Guys, I just, I just want to let you all know that we're probably not gonna win." <laughs> and I was like, "That's cool." And he was like, "But it's just cool that we got here." Yeah, he was, he was surprised too, and um, but it was, it was, it was. You know what it did for me, the Grammys, because actually the months after that, we thought, "Oh wow, we're gonna be busy." We came back from a tour from uh, from England that went really no from uh, I'm sorry um, Scotland that went really good, and um, and uh, we came back and I was going to the Grammys and the whole thing and like the best the thing that the Grammys did for me more than anything was they impressed my girlfriend's family. <laughs> And that was the most, that was the best present or prize award that I could get was my girlfriend's family and my own family being like, wow, like a Grammy, like that means that, you know, if we had won or whatever, it's like, yeah, I don't know if that, because we didn't get any gigs from it. I think we got one gig from it. So like the months after that, we were, (laughs) we were just, we were just back to playing our, our little gigs and. We didn't get anything. We, we the, it was like the slowest months after the Grammys. And we were like, damn it. Like we thought we were going to get gigs, you know, because that's really what we wanted. You know, we wanted to get gigs out of it. Um, it seems like people would at some point want to record with you more. I mean, I don't know how that works. But, you know, like if someone needs that sound, they're going to, you would be the go to guys. Maybe. Maybe. Do you got, you, you should introduce yourselves Grammy nominated every time. Uh, <laughs> Throw that on fucking everything. It's Put not. it on your driver's license. Yeah, I think you can use it for a year. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's good. It's good for up to a year. It's not like a doctor. You, you know what? I I <laughs> the um one of the guys in the band um he was he was looking for there him and his and his wife were looking for a place to live, and and he used it as because we can't. It's hard for us to rent out places because we don't have steady income, and. We get paid mostly in cash, and uh, so it's like, you know, and he doesn't, he has terrible credit, and, and he, and, you know, so for him to get a place is really hard, and he just told them, he was like, well, you know, I was Grammy nominated this year, and he got the place. Fuck. Yeah. 
I'm sure they Googled it. I'm sure they did. Because I was thinking, we're looking for an apartment, and I'm sort of in the same situation. I make a lot of Cash. money. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's no Grammy for me, though. I don't, there's nothing. Just make it up, man. Just Dude, tell them that the you... The Spoonie Award. That's the podcast award. No, t- t- <laughs> <laughs> Just make up awards. Make up yeah. names and... Uh, Maybe they'll believe you, and if they don't, it doesn't matter. You'll just you'll find another place to rent. Landlords, they just want your money, so you know it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, for a band, you guys are successful. I would say. I mean, you play constantly. <clears throat> we we play constantly because we don't have jobs, so <laughs> so there's not much of a choice. Not. I don't think so. I think that it's like, well, I mean, that's 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 one of the things that like when I started to play music, uh, I guess professionally, I quit my job and then I was just, I had to play music. I mean, and we play music that a lot of it, we started playing, we started mostly just, I mean, we were just only playing on the street. And hustling every day and going to play for the tourists down in uh, Santa Monica, and um, this music that we play is great for the st- for street music because it's it's fun and it's uh, it's not like somebody and their songs about their problems and their <laughs> guitar and just playing their guitar and just like oh my heart my feelings it's nobody wants to hear that man you know nobody wants to hear about your feelings. Because you're not the only one who has them. <laughs> and that's why I like the blues, because it's it's something that everybody's got. You know, every, everybody gets that. And, you know, it's... it's uh, and, and, and country music is the same thing, you know? It's like, it's the songs that have, you know... And I love country music, you know, because... Because I'm not cool enough to sing the blues. So, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> It's, no, no, that's not true. I'm also not cool enough to sing country, but I love that music because because of the words, you know, and, and, and the stories, and you know, it's just it, somewhere. I I think somewhere in the '90s, it changed from, you know, everything is everybody. What was that REM song? Everybody hurts. Yeah, I don't even really like REM, but. <laughs> But that was actually, uh, as far as um, um, the message of like the culture, counterculture, that was kind of like you know, that was that was the right message. Everybody hurts, you know. But now it's nobody, nobody hurts, but nobody hurts but me. Or it was like that for a long time, and now I think it's more like people are starting like I don't listen to any anything that's going on nowadays in music. Not because I don't, um, not because I um, I'm mad or angry or anything like that. It's because there's so much good music that you don't have to listen to anything modern. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's like it's choices, you know. Like now we have so much so much to choose from, and there's so there's so many old recordings. And to me, that music is it's it's better, you know. I, I mean, early recorded music because early recorded music 
was we didn't have anything to they didn't have anything to compare it to so it was music that was changing very slowly for all for a long period of time and very naturally now when you have a recording it's like everybody hears that recording and they say okay now we got to do something new and different and before it was just like it was community it was just hey let's all like oh that's like that that's that's blues you know that was like the same form a lot you know and that's cool. That's good. That's how you get a new style. That's how you get. That's how you have a community. Like everybody plays these, this style, this kind of chords, and they they it changes slowly because somebody else starts to play it. You know, like I'm never gonna try to change jazz music because just by playing it, it's I've already changed it. You know what I mean? So you just have to play it, play it good, play it right, play it how, you know, how uh, how it sounds, not how. You know, I'm not going to invent it. I don't want to invent anything. Like I said, like it does. None of this matters. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it's interesting because there would be so many versions. People would play the same songs, which I always thought was kind of cool because cool. It, was, it was more about like, oh, they're playing Stardust, which is to me like it was more about the music than here's these motherfuckers playing it. It's a beautiful song and it's. Something and it's like community. It's like it's a song everybody plays. Like, no, we don't have the, our generations don't have that. You know, like we don't have like the song that everybody plays. In like you were talking about in um in Eastern Europe, you know they have like everybody. We we play this um, with a blasting company. We play like this Eastern mu Eastern European music, um Serbian music and ex Yugoslavian music and stuff like that. They ask for the same. When we played, they were asking for the same five, four or five songs. And we know a lot of songs. And we know, like, cool dance songs and cool stuff. <laughs> Nobody gave a fuck. They were like, when you're done with it. And we were playing one of the songs. I forgot which one it was. This song called Nesanitsa. And when we played it, somebody came up to my ear. And they said, when you're done with this song, play it again. Really? And they gave me money. Yes. And we're like, these people are insane. But it's because they all love that, that music. They all have, they have, that's community because they don't, they'll listen to the, if they like a song, they'll listen to the same song a thousand times. And each time they lose their minds, you know? What what attracted you? Like, how did you go from being, playing this, the jazz and to that? Was there a definitive transition or was it just? We a... were actually playing that music with the Blasting Company. We were kind of playing it all at the same time. And I don't know how we really got. I mean, when I was in, I was in Kill Sonic, this this experimental kind of group. I met Josh and Justin, and we, I was playing on this. I had my accordion and trumpet, and I was playing. I, I can do it like at the same time. So I was playing all these kind of old, little rags and little, little jazz tunes. And they heard me doing it because I was. I used to do it on the street and stuff like that. And um and they were like, Oh man, you like that music? And I was like, Yeah, I love that music and they're like, We do too and so we just kinda started, you know, and then we just started playing it, you know, and I mean really what happened is it's a whole really long story. <laughs> you definitely don't have enough time on your podcast for that story. <laughs> but we started to play together because my car broke down and tuba got stolen and a wizard and there was a wizard and he can <laughs> it's a super long story well uh what do you now that you're 
I, would you say you're settling down on the verge of settling down, or is that? Yeah, I I don't know. Does that do you? I don't know if because you, when you get involved in these situations that are marriage, like I am, mm-hmm. you start taking stock of what you can do and what yeah. like it's a different and it's not a bad thing. Really, I like, definitely fuck. I definitely did a lot of what I I mean when we we were playing in in Europe for those three years and playing on the streets and playing and sleeping on the streets. And having crazy adventures in languages that I'll never be able to speak. <laughs> uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel pretty, pretty good about about doing. You know, I I got I got a lot of that out, but also I op- it opened a lot, a huge world for me that I'm just gonna I'm keep I get to keep going down. You know, so. I, I don't think I'm settling down. I'm just getting smarter about how. Hopefully, I'm getting smart about how to how to. I think we're all getting more responsible. Is really what it is. You know, we're not gonna go and be like, well, let's just go buy a ticket and play for tourists until we have enough money to get a hostel, and then we'll find a gig. And doing those things really got us a lot of experience it got us good in playing music that's really what it was you know it's like playing on the street and and doing that all the time that was we never practiced we just played and we sucked you know we played on the street and we were terrible but it didn't matter because you know we were on the street you know like it and we weren't making too much noise you know in paris we made maybe a little bit too much. they really don't like uh loud music there well then fuck them I didn't have uh I didn't have the best time. I had a good time. I had an interesting time. But uh once we got over to Eastern Europe and it was awesome. It was so different. How many hours a day would you be playing on the street? Oh god. I mean there were days where we just <clears throat> I don't even know how I mean I we in Serbia we would be playing on the street and uh then some guy would come up to us and he would say hey like come to my come to my terrace and play we'd go there and we'd play and then somebody from there you know they'd pay us and then somebody from there would say hey come over to we're going to go to this party and we'd go there and we'd play and then after the the party they had all these boats in belgrade all these like they call them splavs and you just have there's there are boats that sit on the lake on the river <clears throat> and um you just go there and you play until whatever time. So we'd go out there, we'd go over there and play. And then afterwards, like you be on the, you would, somebody would just see you with uh, a horn and they would, they would just want you to play for them immediately. There's people I would be on, we'd be on the, on the bus coming home from being up all night and people are going to work and they'd see us with our instruments and everybody would say, and I don't speak Serbian. Some, some of the guys in the group speak and they'd all just be like, play, play. Well, I know the words for play. At least I used to. And they, and they, and they just want us to play. They just say like, we want to feel good. Like when we go to work and then we'd just play this loud, obnoxious music and everybody loved it. Everybody. No one ever told us to, you know, we played when we were playing over there, we played in like uh, my friends. Um, he lives in a, place in a in a little like it's a village and and um we were playing it was like one in the morning or something outside and and uh the neighbor all of a sudden we hear all these gunshots going off and we stopped playing we're like oh dude like what should what should we do and he was like no 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 don't stop that's my neighbor he just he likes it 
And he came over the next day, and he was so high. He, inter- he was so sweet introducing himself and his kid and everything. And 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 my friend Milan told me he was like, yeah, he's a- he just got up in the middle of the night and to shoot his gun because the because he says that you know he just he loved he loved the music. He just wanted he was you know that. I was like, I love this place. <laughs> that was so great. And you would actually sleep on the street at times. Sometimes. That's pretty intense. I had a, I had, me and well, that really that only happened a few. Our car, we eventually got a car, and a van, and we slept in that van quite a bit. And you know, people would, we we were like five, five, six guys, sometimes seven, I think. And so, like, not everybody's gonna let you into their apartment. So some of us would sleep in the car, and sometimes like we would just want to, you know, and like get sick of the other guys and just be like, ah, fuck this, I'm sleeping in the car. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> or people would be up all night or, you know, so you sleep in the car, but that's not, that's not, but yeah, there was a couple times when the first time we went with what, me and Justin, we, we had a, we had a tent and we slept on, um, on the street until we found some people that let us stay in their, in their, um, in their squats or their, whatever they had. And, uh, but yeah, we had, we had some, uh, some campouts, you know, hitchhiking. Me and Josh, we had some hitchhiking. In uh, Europe, in yeah, in Europe, it's probably. It's, I mean, here they. You can do it here too. Yeah, it's been done. I interviewed a ninety-year-old woman who was still hitchhiking, and it really, I was baffled. I mean, it's in Northern California, so it's like, yeah, of course you do up there, but yeah, still, I would like. Here is uh the I think all of the Americas. In comparison to Europe, I mean, Europe to me, and maybe just because I'm like foreign and it's new and I just think it's all cool. I mean, it's all, I mean, so safe everywhere that I went there. Like every, yeah. It's easy. Life is easy there. People, you know, here, I mean, I, I, you know. Was, you know they don't have gangs over there. They don't have. Ga- <laughs> they don't. It's incredible. They don't have. Ga- there's no guns. You know, like in America, we we have guns. They don't have guns. Well, I guess in Serbia they do, but they're you know they're not walking into McDonald's with them. They're not. No. Well, I don't know, actually. But it's just it's just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. But it's 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 different here. I mean, you know, and even in other places you know in i mean you can walk into you can buy guns so easily here you know it's different and and everybody you know a lot of my friends over there's like oh america's so scary like everybody has guns and i'm just like yeah like so (laughs) 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 and but you know there there people there's people here that are they're crazy you know they kill children stuff there it's you know i don't know it People are more gent. They they do seem more gentle. I guess they're you know they're they're, they're pussies. <laughs> <laughs> they're also like warned. A lot of these countries have seen a lot. Like we haven't yes. seen any yeah. like mass. Oh yeah, I mean war in this I mean, in our little homeland. Yeah. Serbians, by the way, are not pussies, but um, but they and they have seen war and yeah and so like. I guess that I guess there felt more to me. I was more comfortable there because people yelled at each other and it was just more like I don't know, it was a different feeling there. You could feel I don't know. <laughs> more at home. No, nah, I don't know. Where can uh thank you, Charles. That's it? That's it. Let's do it again. All right, we'll start over. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't like anything I said. <laughs> I thought it was great. All right. All right. Do you, where can people find the California Feet Warmers? We play at the Onyx in downtown Los Angeles. Every Thursday? Every Thursday for free. And and you you're we you have a website and you're on your the album is on Amazon and all that. I have I we do. we have a website the californiafeetwarmers.com and uh you can buy the album on all those It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. <laughs> Probably I think it's There's on other that. guys in the band that are they know all this information. But no, yeah, it's on Amazon, it's on uh, CD Baby, it's on all those things you can do. I'm sure if you go to the website, you can find the album and you can buy it. Yeah. Because I'm going to play a song. You better, better go to our free shows around Los Angeles and buy it from us. That's better for you. It's better for everyone because you get, the, you get to see us live. Which is di- which is different. The album we recorded was totally live. I mean, we we went in and we played every song we knew, and we just picked the ones that s- sounded good at the end. And you did so. a song with Phil Alvin, which is we, also yeah, pretty. So yeah. That's awesome, He's and it's a, a really great cool song. He's a, we did two with him. There's two songs with Phil Alvin on, on the album. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, or like a, you know the first one I'm thinking of. It's in the other room. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so many songs going on in my There's, head. There's um, he's got a great Michi- voice. The Michigan Water, and then the oh three songs France Mi- France Blues Fran- Michigan Water and Golden Gate, three songs Phil Alvin. That's pretty badass. It, it, yeah, it was cool. He's a sweet guy, and he's he's a motherfucker. And that voice, he's got a big voice. His brother, and he's a good done. guitar player, and he's just great. We're just, you know, super, super fans. Dave so. Elfin's done this dumb show. Oh, cool. All right, thank you, Charles. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I greatly enjoyed having you in my home and me in your home. I'm in somebody's home. Please go to thematdwyer.com. Follow me on Twitter. I love you. Thank you. Goodbye. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.